Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, everyone. Scott and I are really excited to have you join us today on episode 21. Scott, will you tell them who our special guest is? Today, we're bringing you Eric Dodge, country singer. So welcome, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. And so he's got along with him uh, John Houston and his brother, Andy Dodge. They are the heart and soul behind this band, uh, keyboards and guitar. They make me look good for sure. We uh, listened to this band last night. Wow. You're going to get to hear a little bit of Eric Dodge today, his story and his uh, song. So let's just jump right into it. Eric, where do you want to start? Um, I'm just glad you guys asked us to stop by here on the way. Uh, we were just headed down the freeway and I, I get a call and <laughs> Scott says, how about you come to our house? So we're here and we're doing this podcast and I've got the two guys with me and we've, we've been playing now for a lot of years and touring across the Western U.S. and and it's been an amazing ride from someone who actually never wanted to sing at all. So it's it's really been cool. That's cool. And that's what surprised me, that usually people who are singers have been just little canaries ever since they were kids. Old enough to talk, they started singing. But you were kind of penned up a little bit. Let's, let's hear about that. Yeah, I never even tried singing or wanted to sing uh, as a kid. I, I remember one time like a church thing, my parents wanted me to give a little talk. And even having them tell me to talk, I wasn't about to do it. And they dragged me kicking and screaming up in front of these people. And there was about 50 people is all. And that was the uh, result of my whole life. I, that's I, You would not catch me in front of a crowd. Uh, I did want to be a police officer. That was my, my big thing growing up. And I abandoned that when I decided to try singing and give, give this a shot. Well, that's cool because not only do you, uh, I mean, you're not just a pretty face. You know, <laughs> right. Okay. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, have you seen me this morning? <laughs> <laughs> but you do have a great voice. You sing and you have a story. That, that's pretty impressive. So the other guys in the band here, uh, John, great keyboarder. You've always been musically inclined right from the get-go? Uh, evidently, yes. Mother <laughs> says so, yes. <laughs> she, she put you in piano lessons or did you beg for them? No, no, no. Piano lessons were horrible, and I hated them, and I quit. But uh, but when I was a little kid, like three years old, I had figured out, you know, I had a piano. There was always a piano at the house. And I remember they're going, da, da, dee, da, na, nee, na, 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 right? I figured out this melody on the piano somewhere in my love from Dr. Zhivago. And mother goes, oh, isn't that cute? Doesn't think anything about it. And my grandmother goes, you know, that's unusual for a three, three-year-old to do that, you know. And so, Wow, that's great. So, Eric, let's hear about you. Uh, Andy. Or Andy, I meant, I meant Andy. Eric, so we already heard from Eric. My story is not quite as elaborate. I was probably 16 when I first tried to play the guitar, and I did it to look cool. But also, interesting. what's interesting is I don't read music either. Yeah, I've been... Uh, in bands and writing music since I was about 16. Here we've been working together for 10 years, and it's been really interesting, kind of three different backgrounds in music. We've come together really well, I think. Lately, we've a lot of harmony, three-part harmony stuff. That you, I think you heard some of that last night. And right. It's been really fun. It's been a fun ride. 
Well, that's great. So all of you had this talent, and John was the only one that kind of felt it from the get-go. The Dodgers, what's what's happened here? Why are you so talented and didn't figure it out until later in life? I'm not sure why. I really don't. We, we just were pursuing other things. We moved around a lot. Our family didn't have a lot of money growing up. We Our mom was kind of a stay-at-home, helped raise the kids kind of mom. She helped raise a lot of neighbor kids as well while their moms were out working. And uh, my sister was the one that got to go to the music lessons. I think she kind of had all... All that they could afford at the time, but she she was the accordion player. <laughs> she took, Andy says she took all the money. But <laughs> your story, though, you attributed a lot of your music sound to Garth Brooks in that era. I'm, I'm a huge Chris Ledoux fan, and uh, Garth Brooks was a huge Chris yep. Ledoux fan as well. So yep. those those kinds of tunes are, are great, and and that's the kind of stuff you just rocked last night, and it mm-hmm. was great. So tell us wh- where did it start? I. Uh, I had some friends that asked me to start going to a country dance place and we would go line dancing and that was the type of music they were playing. I wasn't even like a huge country music fan. I liked it, but it wasn't like a huge thing for me until I started going to this country dance place. And so we started to like, oh, let's buy the Wranglers. Let's buy the cowboy hats. Let's kind of get into this thing, you know, and I, I started wanting to buy horses like my grandfather had. And so I got, I just got fully into it. horses and uh, the cowboy hats and started to follow this country lifestyle and i ended up winning a free cruise on the radio i I was like the ninth caller in eight seconds and i I called in and i got this cruise and i got to pick the day to go and it was september 10th 2001 when we got to go on our cruise and that was the worst day ever to go on a trip to mexico obviously and woke up the next day we were under attack and we were getting off the boat and we were off the boat for a short time on our excursion but they asked us all to get back on the boat because there were rumors that cruise ships could be the next targets and so we went out to international waters the coast guard came in and searched our rooms and sent us all to the top deck and my brother ashton was there and he dared me to do karaoke uh, he asked me some things in life. Oh, what do you wish you'd done? What do you what do you wish maybe you missed out on? Who knows if we're going to make it home alive? That that kind of mentality. And I said I kind of thought I could sing. I remember one specific time I was whistling in the house uh, at home, and my mom said, "Hey, you whistle on key, and if you can whistle on key like that, you could probably sing." And I was like, "Ah, there's no way I can sing. That's not that's not me. I'm just not even going to try it." And my brother dared me too, and I got up and I sang a song. And after the song was over, I got a hug from a lady, and she told me to go home and become a singer. Wow! Somebody else that you had no idea who it was inspired you greatly to become who you are today. She saw that talent. I would never. I don't know who she was. There's no way I could ever find her. I yeah. It's just uh, there was just some random lady that said that to me. And, and, and it didn't just kick in. I didn't just go home and say, I'm going to be a singer. You know, I went home and I tested the waters and I sang a couple voice lessons. And the lady that teacher's like, yeah, you can sing. I wanted to hear it from so many people before I actually believed that I could sing. And then all of a sudden one day you were standing on the stage, a warm up band for Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I took voice lessons for probably two years and I had this, uh, had this performance coach and I, I owe her so much, but I kept telling her, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And she said to me, you're never going to be ready until you do it. And I remember I came into my next lesson and she said, by the way, next Friday, you have a performance at the art festival at 9 a.m. Be ready. And I was terrified. I lost sleep for a week. But uh, she taught me how to lay out my show with karaoke tracks. And, 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 you know, she told me how to stop singing so many ballads and do some fast songs and this and that. She, she taught me so many things. And I was ready for my show by that next Friday. And that was the first time I stood on a stage and I videotaped it and, you know, all the stuff they teach us to do and we want to perform to watch over and over again. And it's, it's fun to have nowadays. 
That's great. And how did it feel to be up on that stage singing? Uh, I was I was terrified before. It's the best weight loss program there is. If, <laughs> if you're scared to sing, just sign up for a show and you will lose weight. But uh, I was terrified. But when I got on the stage, because of how prepared she made me be, she's like, oh, she always said, remember to talk about the song you sang at the end, the songwriter, and then what song you're going to sing. That'll always give you some way to fill up that dead space. Don't ever let there be dead space on stage. So she'd always teach me what to say and how to hold the microphone. And so by the time I got up on that stage, I was in autopilot. As terrified as I was, I was on autopilot. And I remember just starting the show and then the rest just was autopilot. And when it was over, I actually had finished the, an entire 30-minute show. And it was it was an amazing experience to learn those those steps to get through that. Right. There's another part of your story that I'd like to dig into just a little bit. Yeah. Because I think everybody, they realize they're going down the wrong path or mm-hmm. something. And then they find that when they're on path that things go better for them. But the significant part is there was so many things that got you there. In my story, in my book, I talk a lot in detail, and I know you've got a copy you'll read, but there's a lot of detail of what I went through in middle school. And I I wanted to write the details. I don't like to tell the story much, and when I do, I don't get into the details because it's still very hard to tell that story. But now I was relentlessly picked on, bullied, um, and beat up beat up badly. And it wasn't just like people teasing and this and that. It was, it was beaten, beaten up. And left out in a dirt field, you know, it, it was, uh, it was a really hard time for me. And my parents knew that this was hard for me and they, they sold our house and moved us to a different school to try to give me a better, better, a better start. And luckily the new school was different, but going through so many years of that changed my outlook on things and depression, anxiety, a whole, a whole lot of things kicked in for me at that point that became a lifelong battle of, of mental health stuff which caused weight gain, a lot of anxiety problems and social anxiety disorder, things like that. And the weight, weight, I was almost 300 pounds and, uh, I, I, we were shopping at big and tall stores and I was wearing triple X t-shirts. I hated that. I hated that my mom and I was, as an 18 year old kid would have to go to a big and tall store to find some kind of clothing so I could try to fit in and look normal. They didn't make normal clothes at big and tall stores. You know, if you've, if you've ever been in one, you're not going to get, you know, your, your nicer, brands as much right right but um, but we got to tell listeners that you are about a, a six three six four frame right six four yeah so i was a big guy and i used to always be told hey you play football right and that was not the case and and then i went on these diets and i tried every diet under the sun and that's such a big part of my story um pills and and programs and everything i could finally do and um i'm now a weight um, i'm now a member of weight watchers and i'm a lifetime member because that's the only one that I have been able to stay with. And I'm not saying that because I'm endorsed by him or anything. It's just because it worked for me. Right. But um, I'm about 185 pounds now, and I'm 6'4", and so it's a big, big change. Wow. Tall and slim. Well, I have your, your book sitting here next to me. Why not today? Face your fears and chase your dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that title, and that's, that's your message. Why not today? Yeah. And face your fears. I, f- I find that your life is so much more fulfilling when you find something you're afraid of. Like I used to be terrified of repelling. And I, so I'm like, I'm just going to go do it. And so I went out and I had somebody help me repel. And it was the most terrifying thing ever. But I loved it. And I find that the things that you're scared of, you end up liking usually if you face them. So coleslaw, I must have been afraid of it. It's that. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's the coleslaw. I can't get you to try it again. Maybe if you try it, you'd like it. Oh, that's awesome. What a, what a great story. And I don't want to, you know, deep, dig into deep things that are difficult, but it's so much of your story. That's so, yeah. such a part I, of who I, you yeah. are. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. I, I wrote the whole book about it, so I don't mind it. It's just definitely a, 
it's definitely a sore subject. So, right. I mean, everybody has challenges and, yeah. and fears and things that they're facing. I mean, mm-hmm. they may look different, but but they're often keep us stuck. Yeah, absolutely. So. And, I, and I know nobody would trade anybody for their own problems. I've heard that many times. So everybody has uh, enough problems to deal with. Yeah, for sure. I do not want your problems, and but I would love to have your voice <laughs> and that handsome look. I don't want your problems, but I'd love to have your hunting skills and stuff. So. <laughs> I think we need a song. So we're going to do this live, and uh, it's called The Last Real Cowboy. And this song is a song that I wrote with my friend Amy after my grandfather passed away. He passed away in 2001 as well, in August, one month before I was uh, invited to go on that cruise. And it was a very personal song to me. I didn't want to share it with a lot of people. He was one of my heroes and a cowboy. And on my Why Not Today CD, I was able to finally release this song. And it was the one that was picked up and played on Sirius Satellite Radio. And Country Weekly Magazine did a write-up on it. And uh, he was just a good old Utah cowboy. And so uh, we're going to sing that for you guys live. I was only three sitting on his knee Hearing all those tales he'd tell About the good old days when he'd ride the range And blaze those rugged trails Let me steer the tractor when he'd plow Raising cattle and his family made him proud He was the last real cowboy He tamed the land with his own two hands Like his granddaddy had done He loved his wife and the simple life Of working with his sons he was up at dawn with his Stetson on. He didn't stop to rest till the sun went down. He built a legacy, the last of a dying breed. He was the last real cowboy. He was strong and brave and he showed real faith and earned respect from all. He would plant his seeds, drop to his knees, and pray for rain to fall. If the cause was just, he always took a stand. He taught me work and how to be a man. It was the last real cowboy. He took his own two hands like his granddaddy had done he loved his wife and the simple life of working with his sons he was up at dawn with his stetson on he didn't stop to rest till the sun went down he built a legacy the last of a dying breed he was the last real cowboy I remember it well when I got the call that the cowboy's work was done. It was nearly night when I reached his side. We watched that setting sun. 
He said his trail was waiting in the sky. So I tipped my hat and said my last goodbye to the last real cowboy. He tamed the land with his own two hands like his granddaddy had done. He loved his wife in a simple life of working with his sons. He was up at dawn with his Stetson on. He didn't stop to rest till the sun went down. He built a legacy, the best of a dying breed. He was the last real cowboy. Beautiful. I just want to stand. I just want to. Woo! Last r- it's hard to sing this early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, that was amazing. I mean, I did. I wanted to jump up and just start screaming and uh, hooting and hollering. That was such an awesome that song. But it was just so reverent as well. That's just impressive. Yeah, thank you. How do you guys get through that? Doing it a bunch of times. A lot of years, yeah. A lot of years and knowing that it is a tribute and making sure that we always keep that in mind when we sing it. I find that Cash Valley cheese helps. Cash yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a story behind that. Is that kind of I, uh, thing? I may have lost a lot of weight, but I still eat like I haven't. And so... Uh, <laughs> you eat a lot of cheese. <laughs> I eat a lot of everything. So uh, John likes to watch what I eat and remind me of how much of it I ate when we get done. So And apparently a lot of cheese. The thing of it is, is I'm in the back seat. So basically I've got a front row view of what goes in to this mouth. <laughs> and we stop in Beaver and he buys a bag of cheese. And so he's eating this bag of cheese and he's working on the whole bag, which is about a 4,000 calorie bag. And then he chases it with a peanut butter Twix followed by a Butterfinger. <laughs> <laughs> And a couple of cookies. So, anyways, it's pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie; well, it's pretty amazing. Then you go jog it off, or you just no, have a fast no. I just uh, skip dinner. No, it's not fast. <laughs> and uh, I, sk- I skip a lot of meals with protein shakes. Like this morning, they saw me drink a uh, protein shake on the way here. So I just have to balance it a little bit, you know. But <laughs> it's like a marathon. Well, he he said he, lo- sprints. he loses weight when he gets nervous. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he eats when he gets nervous, and he loses weight yeah, when he gets true. nervous. That that's works. true. <laughs> well, this has been so fun having you guys what a great song beautiful Thanks. beautiful and you wrote that i wrote that and then um, i got my co-writer amy involved and we finished it up to make it more uh, we polished it up a little bit but the original version of that song was just all me and uh, my brother andy put some music to it and uh, we we put we yeah. so so let me get a, a little better grasp on that you come up with a song and you just like hum it to them or you just start singing the way no, you, you think the um, metal, melody should go i just write words that's what I found out. I'm not even really that great of a songwriter. I did learn to write songs, but somehow I've been able to write books. And mm-hmm. so I know that I can write words, and I have a lot of thoughts in my head. My head is always going. And so I write it on paper. I'm a journaler. I have a million journals I filled up, and I journal all the time. And so I come up with ideas, and I think, oh, that would be a great song. And I, I'll start to write down the story behind the song, and then I'll start to write down how I can make it rhyme. And sometimes it just starts out in the most rough draft possible. But then it ends up, uh, I'll go to Andy and say, this is a slow song, and I want it, you know, and he starts to 
to come up with some ideas and we just use all of our creativity to bring a song together. Eric and I wrote a song together one time and it was fantastic. It was kind of a hybrid between his country and kind of the rock, rock and roll stuff that I write. And we, we wrote it. Do you remember that? We wrote it in Montana when we were really bored one day and it was really, really good. We recorded it and we both lost it. We lost wow. the, the words. We lost the music. We It's gone. We have no idea what it was about. We just know that it was good. Oh so, my gosh. You guys yeah. just know there's a good song out there. Somewhere. Somewhere. Something that uh, Eric probably doesn't even know about me is I've written a lot of cowboy poetry. And in fact, I even have a cowboy poetry book. But I've had some of those poems where I've written them and I just had them in a notepad somewhere. And I'm hoping they show up again someday because I remember that they were some <laughs> of my favorites. But I have no idea where they are or what they were even about. Poetry makes great songs. Yeah, I gave Chris Ledoux my book. Oh, did you? Yeah, I gave it to him, and uh, I was hoping that I was going to see a song come out of it someday. Yeah, he's, but, uh, his, uh, he's, he's great. I, I got to perform with him at one of his last shows before he passed away. Oh, wow. And now his son, Ned, is taking over. The, right. the, and yeah. he's doing great. He's doing awesome. Eric, there may be some young folks listening here. What's some advice that you could give them? I get to go and talk to a lot of kids at schools, and I get asked that a lot, and the only advice that I have, and I wear this Why Not Today wristband on my wrist all the time, is I just remember myself to try to treat people how I want to be treated, even if it's not going the way I want it to. I know it's going to get better because it always has. And I tell them uh, things are going to get better. Just get through this. Continue to not let it get you down. Continue to be better than they are to you, and it will get better. And why not today? Why not today? Face your fears and chase your dreams. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're approaching 22 minutes. Well, this has been really fun. I'm glad you had us. Beautiful, beautiful studio. And That's right. Yeah, we, we put <laughs> a lot of money into this recording studio. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sitting around the dining room table. We don't ever worry about it until we have people who actually have a recording studio come in. <laughs> nice. Thank you for taking that time to, to pull off the freeway and slip over here to our home and chat with us. You bet. Thanks so, for inviting us. You bet. So follow Eric Dodge. Yep, ericdodge.com. Free download a song yep, there. there's downloads. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Find it's out a, where yeah. he's singing next and, and go take in a show. And follow know. Eric. And the biggest takeaway from this is if you have anything that you're hoping for, aspiring to, or wanting to accomplish in your life, why not today? Just go do it. Just get her done. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.